All right, ladies and gentlemen, and my dear friends, we are back again. It's still me, Rajiv and Piyush, on the one and only Rebel Radio India. Thank you so much. You're so very kind. That's very kind. This guy doesn't like people appreciating what I say. So yeah, it's uh, we've got this new machine and we're trying to experiment with it. Uh, so it's going to be a fun podcast, like always. Uh, there'll be so many things we want to discuss. Obviously, our training the upcoming Motorama Fest and what we as an organization are doing over there, setting up our first MMA cage, getting five bouts in. We'll also be talking about the upcoming bout between Kamaru Usman and Lewis. So it's going to be crazy. Other than that, we have the recent USADA band on some athletes doing BJJ and a lot of trivia here and there. So it's me, Pian Piyush, taking you through this journey once again on one and only Rebel Radio. All right, Rajiv. So let's just start with the basic question first. How has your training been going on? How is the week looking? What have we done since the past one? Sorry, <laughs> I could stop it. So yeah, the week has been good. Uh, we always train a lot at Rebel. But unfortunately, this week has been kind of tight for I think both you and me because uh, we have our first MMA event coming up on the 18th and 19th. So my uh, training has not actually taken a backseat, but it has obviously got down by a couple of notches, uh, which I'm okay with because obviously there are, we have to make a few sacrifices here and there because we are trying to do something new. So what about you? I mean, how is your SNC going? How are you swelling up so much? I think I'm just uh, gaining muscles, of which course. you call as swelling up. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, no, no. <laughs> All right, guys. So we are just messing around with that. But uh, yeah, I think my training also has been affected, as you said, because we have been planning and trying to execute this uh, tournament. Mostly it has been you, but I'm helping wherever I can. Uh, most of our fighters from our team have been more focused towards the MMA fight. So... We have been doing less jujitsu, although I'm still uh, preparing for my own upcoming super fight in April. So I'm trying to get my wrestling rounds in because I feel like that's where I lack the most uh, in my standing uh, game. And I feel like it's been growing. It's much better than it was before I started preparing for this. So I really, I really like the fact that when you actually have a goal or a plan in mind, um, you really grow a lot while preparing for that or trying to achieve that goal. So even whatever the outcome of that plan or that goal that you have made in your life is, if you just work towards it, it just makes you travel from point A to point B, which is the growth point. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, we've been seeing you drill wrestling regularly. Also, you've been teaching us through whatever you are learning. So it's been interesting. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of wrestling myself besides a few uh, back takes and... Uh, reversals uh, from the back. I'm trying to study Ethan's DVD. I think it is a great concept, especially uh, when it comes to MMA, especially when people are trying, you've taken the back and people are trying to escape from the back, how to recover that, get back on, try to choke people out. So it's been an interesting week. So yeah, we both have been very busy trying to get our boys ready. Uh, I think they are quite ready for the upcoming Motoroma Fest. Uh, the so back yeah. system you're talking about is from uh, Finnish from the back. Finnish from right? the back. Uh, from Ethan. From Ethan. Yeah. Williston. Even wow. even Rob Deagle talks a lot about Ethan being uh, one of the best back takers in the world. And 
in all these B team role videos that you see. Mm. Uh, Ethan is the one who is just doing flashy back takes and yeah, yeah, and he's a, he's, he's a very good teacher also. And the concepts, obviously, we've I mean, uh, I think we understand the concept of taking the back and it becoming the most dominant position in jiu jitsu. What but was what is a key takeaway from that DVD? Like, my, what is the thing that um, you implemented in your uh, my key takeaway is the I'm pushing my shoulder back. Uh, I've just uh, finished DVD one, especially when people are trying to turn towards you and punch their shoulder in, and they're trying to do the that uh, rotation, elbow inside elbow inside escape. If I have to stop that, uh, the concept of taking my shoulder back, taking my hip back, so that they kind of turn towards me immediately. Obviously, my chest to his uh, scapula, and also getting the of uh, claw, kind of grip. claw grip and immediately attacking the choke from there instead yeah. of taking him all the way to my uh, under under hook or overhook side depending on which yeah. side he is escaping from so that has been an eye opener for me and I'm trying to incorporate that in my own game and also trying to teach it to uh, the students when you were gone uh, for a short vacation for Holi that's what I showed the comm team also so I think nice. it was pretty interesting yeah what I liked really when I said that DVD was um the lengthening the arm concept. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, switching yeah, yeah. side from one side to the other side, how you can use that opportunity because when people are kind of perpendicular to you, yes, you can shoot your hand extra deep and then you can lock a much more tighter RNC than you would do from a na- na- normal position. And also from the defensive point of view, just misalignment of the hip. Yeah, great you escapes. Know, misalignment of the hip, especially when, it, when there are no punches involved like in jiu-jitsu. I mean, you can chill there and start hand fighting and doing other stuff with your hands. Otherwise, when our hips and our shoulders li- are aligned, you are so uh, focused on not Stuck being choked. In that position, yeah. Not just being choked, but once you misalign your hip and you punch your either your left or your right shoulder in, depending on either side, which side you are on, then you can find the hand battles. And the only thing that this person or the your training partner or your opponent can do is try to get mount. That also can be tackled. And especially for uh, the EBI rule set, for the overtime rule set, I think this is wonderful. Because even if he takes mount or you spin inside his you're guard, already out by you're now. already out. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's absolutely new, so I've been enjoying a lot. Besides, obviously, the wrestling that uh, PUC is helping us with. So, it's been a good week so far. I mean, we do a lot of jiu-jitsu. We try and uh, bring in the best and the latest. Yeah. Talking talking about wrestling, uh, I would just go on a tangent there where... Uh, we discovered this new guy, oh, uh, yeah. Joseph, let's talk about, let's talk about on it. YouTube, who has this um, anti-Danaher approach where he calls Danaher's wrestling DVDs to be kind of substandard. And he was like, our high school, um, the collegiate guys know much better wrestling than this. I think, and, <laughs> and, uh, this and, guy and he's backing it up. it up with point. Yeah. So I sent you that video yeah, yeah, to I watch. I love right? that video because... For us, especially me and Piyush, whatever Dana says is actually gospel. etched gospel for us. Yeah. So to have someone as uh, high level as Joseph challenge that and show us why is he challenging that. Because yeah. for both of us, our body lock from a single leg was the go-to move. Yeah. Remember? There was a yeah. point where we were swearing by it. Plus, uh, I was working a lot on my upper body uh, takedowns uh, recently. So mm-hmm. everything was about securing and uh, double underhook, getting over-unders or... <clears throat> using double overhooks and body locks and integrating that as chain of attacks. But I did notice when I was practicing it, which uh, Dan Hurd did not point out specifically in the DVD, uh, in his DVD, that you can get countered from that position really well as hmm. uh, uh, two. But now this Joseph guy comes and says, okay, statistically, 
from why upper body takedowns are not so preferred in uh, wrestling at higher level in NCAA and uh, collegiate wrestling is because of the same fact that the percentage of successful takedowns versus percentage of getting countered is almost even especially like we were discussing it in the morning because when your hips are together you're fighting fire with fire right so it's very easy especially upper body takedowns the reversals come in very quickly the inside trip and haragoshi yeah, even if like you that. take manage to take the person down you can right. use that moment Get to reversed. come on top yeah and especially in a in an mma concept you are doing all the hard work taking the person down suddenly you find yourself under this guy's mount yeah and you're getting hammered so i think if you don't know his channel guys i mean uh, i don't know the name of the channel which i think it's joseph and i forget the second name but it's joseph brasa grappling breakdown or something like you that you should definitely check it out because we as uh, indian grapplers or indian jiu jitsu community we need to get the best of what information the uh, yeah. best information and i think uh, it's always great to challenge the establishment and with a good reason otherwise a lot of people are just challenging establishment because they just want to say something against the establishment but this guy he has about 31 years of experience in wrestling and he's talking a lot of sense so i think instead of wasting our time doing things uh, from what we think is absolutely gospel we should explore options drill it and see yeah, uh, for yourself for yourself if this is correct or if this is incorrect the other day from body lock i saw pius doing some the headlock don't don't give away my secrets okay, yeah, i was doing <laughs> he, he was doing a counter and when we talked about it and when we drilled it it was like oh my god it was a huge eureka moment very, for very us very effective move very very effective move so yeah i would request all the indian grapplers to do the uh, do the little bit of research look at this guy up and just follow him i think what he needs now is support because what is doing indirectly for the community is making us better and he's making uh, and he's a jiu-jitsu guy himself so a lot of criticism comes from the fact against wrestlers who criticize our wrestling as in general jiu-jitsu guys wrestling in general is that oh you're not doing a correct single leg but then the jiu-jitsu guy will be like yeah but if i do it your way i might get submitted kimura choked mm-hmm. but this guy is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu himself he has been doing it for 5 6 years so he has the context that in jiu-jitsu there are submissions which can be um, dangerous while doing like classic wrestling but still classic wrestling has a lot of value especially just having solid fundamentals while doing that like having a good stance having a good uh, uh, single leg posture not committing to body locks with while your hips are far away yes. things like that so yeah and also he also has a great uh, topic where he is Uh, talking about Nikki's Nikki Ryan's technique yeah, even great <laughs> he trashes Nikki Ryan's wrestling so much which i used to admire a lot before that but he just points out these specific holes he's always talking about Nikki being the Nikki versus Jayrod match yes and we could visibly see Nikki fatigue super fast in like within 2 or 4 minutes and he talks about why his positioning and his stance is making it more energy um, inefficient than what jayrod is doing who is trained in classical wrestling by mm. the way yes so. so i think that's why if you've seen that those fights the the content is out there so again coming back to the topic why are we discussing this here because for us the energy community is everything so we want you guys to go there check these channels out see for yourselves if you think something is working and if you agree with us tell us that you agree with us and if you come up with solutions that we do not know yet bring it out post a video we would be more than happy to learn from them what do you right. say 100%. yeah 
So yeah, so the week has been excellent. But again, uh, let's go back to Motorama Fest. Hundred percent. So what what is Motorama Fest? First, let's talk about that. Motorama Fest is the biggest uh, superbike and supercar event in Delhi NCR period. Okay, it was the brainchild of a very good friend of mine, Saurav, who owns Throttle Shuttle. So we were uh, at his cafe the other day, and he was talking about I want to do a big ass event in Delhi NCR because this part of the country doesn't see a lot of these events. So as we started discussing and things started becoming slightly clear, I approached him and said, can we possibly plug in an MMA event? And being the uh, uh, innovator that he is, he was like, oh, that's going to be great. So it started from there. And I also saw it as an opportunity to make sure that uh, our fighters get the kind of platform. Otherwise, what I always see in MMA events are fighters watching the fights mostly, right. yeah. And over here we have Apollo as the title sponsor. We have Royal and Fleece and so many other brands that have nothing to do with MMA or that have had nothing to do with MMA. Now we are taking center stage there. So I think we jumped to that opportunity and said, okay, let's take MMA and bring it to the audience that has the money. These right. big, big corporate houses, let them see the entertainment value, the brand value that it may add to their brand. So I think it's a huge task for all of us in the team to make it a grand success so that we can approach these corporates later on and say, bro, you enjoyed Motoroma 1. Uh, we had a great event and we had a lot of eyeballs coming in. So if you see some kind of value, will you be able to support it? So that way what we can do is obviously have bigger events and also not rely on our own bank accounts to fund fight nights. What what does that do? Or, or put a registration money which we take from the fighters to yes. organize those fight yes. nights. And so. also not have our amateur fighters fight five to six rounds and go back home with nothing. Yeah. So even uh, the budget uh, that was sanctioned to us was not as much as we wanted, but we are more than thankful for them to even give us a budget so that we are taking care of the infrastructure over there. We are taking care of the fighters. We are paying all the fighters. The winners of everybody is being paid, no, irrespective of if they are, if it is their first fight or their tenth fight. If you're an amateur, you're putting up a show. We want to make sure that you are given something uh, for it. So that's uh, that's yeah. uh, that has been a vision of this team from day one. We started the same trend with Strangle. We obviously charge a, a minuscule uh, registration fee, but I think we've given our friends more than they've all uh, they've uh, anticipated. You know, we've been to five cities now. We have the nationals coming up. We've recently announced prize money for every division plus the pro winner will be representing our country in the Singapore trials, obviously funded by the Strangle team. Also, I think the Strangle has become the biggest Strangle yet for us yes. till now because we are just one year old. And we have already got like 100 odd registration and yes. we have one and a half months out. Yes. So, so all the people who have not registered, guys, we need to change the scene in the country. If you're not mesmerized by what foreign brands can offer you, trust this Indian brand because we are two grapplers who are hell-bent on changing the scene in the country. And uh, thanks to your support so far, we've been able to do that. Now, let's show the country and the world what Indian Jiu-Jitsu is all about. So come up in hordes and sign up. Let's make it the biggest event there is and let's have fun. Yeah, especially the teams who haven't signed up till now. We know that sometimes people like to wait till the very end because their schedules are not cleared up. But guys, please make up your mind fast. Try to uh, give us a clearer perspective so that the arrangements can be done accordingly and we can produce a much more 
better event for you of course like uh, if you've been to any verse triangles it has always been about you guys and it will always be about you guys right so coming back to motorama fight night so let's just talk speci- specifically about this fight night um what is this fight night i see it's like super ca- super fight style cards yes. it's not yes. like one fighter fighting multiple times no right? i mean you you and me both agree that mma is not jiu jitsu right people are trying to hit you in the face kick you in the shin kick you in the head so i do not agree with the point that where a fighter has to fight three or four fights in a day sometimes unless you are in ufc 1993 <laughs> yeah ufc 1993 of course so where mean, you're fighting five mm, fights that's bloody 30 years from now you know uh 30 years before us it's uh, not conducive basically for your body to fight five na- fights in a row you know I mean, just to win and all the uh, the sad part is because our boys and girls are so hungry for whatever little passion they are driven by the passion to become a great fighter so they just sign up they get smashed they come back bruised cte becomes a problem i mean we all know the repercussions of what happens with a great headshot injuries are there so uh, yashin is broken something is swollen up imagine doing that five times in one day and by the time you reach the fifth fight you might not even be it in your best potential shape 100%, 100%. so you can't show your uh, real skill real tools which yes. you would do in a fresh completely yeah, fight and all the all the organizations saying that okay that we have the kind right kind of eyeballs looking at you is basically bullshit uh, i think i would request all of them to just pay our fighters they've been working hard they go to gyms that are not cheap they eat they have a certain nutrition that they have to afford they have to do their strength and conditioning and all that jazz they have to probably leave home and come outside and stay in a pg so there are so many other aspects of just the daily living that need to be taken care of so i think just making sure our fighters fight one fight and they get paid something will take the sport to the next level what do you say 100% like the fighters getting paid and them just fighting one fight and again it's not a pro fight or it's not an amateur fight it's an exhibition fight we would like to make it very clear yes uh, that's why we are not involving any kind of federations into this because uh, uh, we wanted for our fighters to gain some experience while being in a center stage a platform where people are watching so this kind of stuff is what will give them experience when they actually make it to a pro stage in the future where they are fighting in let's say road to ufc they are fighting on the stages of mfn where there are actually people watching you in a big event yes so this will be a great introduction and some of our fighters are uh, not that experienced as well they have just started out they are just getting good at mma they have great potential and uh, we are trying to make them fight against people who are better Yes. just to gain some good experience so any uh, we both have been training some of our some of these guys and nehanch in particular has only been training with us for 5 months yeah. so what is your how have you seen him evolve what do you what is nehanch's background let's give our audience a taste of that yeah so nehanch uh, comes from a athletics background track and athletics and he has been a, a sprinter I think 200 I th- meters. I, I, I think he's a long distance runner. Long distance runner? Okay. It's so, Aman who is a sprinter. Right. So basically they have already been an endurance athlete where they run uh, uh, the medium distance or the long distance. So it was a very natural transition where they went from being a good cardio athlete to now being a good wrestling athlete to a good striking athlete. To a combat right? athlete. To a combat athlete. so he has definitely evolved really well in 5 months of training 
uh, his jiu-jitsu has gotten exponentially better he has also put in the hours training in the beginners class and advanced class together and at the same time doing a lot of uh, grappling cage work with you doing a lot of uh, striking work with you guys so his combos are also looking good he has the ability to break you uh, with his pace so that is his biggest strength in my opinion and again it's going to be his first fight so i'm not holding him up to very high standard but i'm definitely very sure that he's going to give a great performance i think so it is also important for him to be debuting like this yeah. you know so there are some uh, we'll have a face off we'll have this build up where we are trying to promote them as much because in our opinion i think they all deserve this they are putting up a show for us uh, the least we can do is promote them a little uh, so yeah nehanj is definitely a great talent to look forward to now and also in the future because like we discussed he's just been training mma for 5 months he started as a very casual guy remember the first month was very casual he used yeah. to do one class a day but he was also our snc coach in yeah. the beginning and he still is uh for rebel mma he's the official snc coach and um, he takes a lot of classes so throughout the day he is at the academy yes and uh, he's working with some of our athletes who are in the jiu-jitsu class some of them who are in the kickboxing class so he's doing good he's making some money for himself he is monetizing whatever he's doing and he has a passion for mma yeah so i'm sure he's going to have great results we were talking to nihanch about his seven year career with uh, athletics and he did, does not mean sports that he did not make any money through athletics uh this is not to put any bad light or anywhere else but uh, you know team rebel we've always been about being the athletes or even people who work with us yeah. enough so that they can sustain themselves and do this sport for a long duration of time yeah. yeah even from the very beginning like if you just can support people who are really serious about their uh, fighting career with some sort of incentives that's great i know so many people who have been working for so long even if they are taking doing or taking classes they are not getting paid yeah i know it's funny so it's the head coach keeps all the money and the people who are assistant coaches are just taking or covering classes for them they are not making any money so that's a sad state of affairs if you are employing someone or having someone in your capacity do pay them or incentivize them in some way which is not just mm-hmm. oh free training you know yeah. Yeah, I mean, because they are putting in a lot of hours. So well said. So yeah, moving on to Devik Maskare. Devik Maskare. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He's an interesting <laughs> guy. Uh, both uh, uh, Nihanch and Devik will be fighting uh, under the bantamweight category. So okay. 61.2, I guess. Uh, so yeah, Devik Maskare joined us from uh, Madhya Pradesh. Madhya Pradesh is from. So Madhya. yeah, he's he's yeah, that's an interesting character because he was uh, someone who's. worked uh, as a zomato delivery guy just to you know support his training he's also worked as a clothes sales person just to push his training in the right direction and then he comes to rebel and now he is one of the assistant coaches and like we discussed he's getting paid for whatever services that the company is using from him so yeah. now he's shifted to a nice pg now he's eating good food buying himself a nice protein pack and he's excited i mean uh, what is, what is your take i for me he's, this guy he's is he's not a very vocal guy he's a very um less spoken or a man of few words if you will yeah, yeah. so he does not speak a lot but he's super respectful that's what i like about him um earlier he used to be very uh, he was never punctual which is a very pet peeve of mine with people if you're not punctual for classes or your training they don't like it 
but now i think he's sorted that thing out and it takes a little while adjusting to the tra- kind of training also that we yes. do because we have classes back to back where you're teaching you're training yes so it's a rigorous schedule over here and you have to be in that mode if you are a fighter right so you cannot just expect everything to be oh i'm sleeping for 12 hours and then i'm training for 4 hours and then i'm calling myself fighter so i think he is uh, getting adjusted to it now and he has gotten this opportunity where he can show his good talent because his mma fights he's done mma fights yes. in the past and i've seen the footage he is a ferocious striker he has great takedown defense good grappling and i think his grappling has gotten better his striking has gotten more systemized working with us so i'm really excited to what he can put i would love for these guys to just go in there and get some knockouts yes. but um, the grappler in me wants to see submissions yeah it's going to be interesting because obviously this this is our event and we want to make sure it's an opportunity not just for our fighters for uh, we have three fighters from uh, fighters fighting from our team but seven fighters from outside are coming in opportunities for them also and uh, the for uh, devik like i said is a shy guy now he's is slightly getting into the groove taking some english lessons and trying to speak in english once in a while which is fun because we get to know them well so that was devik uh, we'll be moving on to a final our fighter main event our main event soon enough so we'll be back after this short break all right guys we are back yeah i wanted to do that so badly because we were talking for half an hour continuously without any stop keep it keep going, keep going. <laughs> <We were> talking, <laughs> that's nonsense anyway so yeah uh, two fighters we've already talked about uh sahil bura is a funny guy i mean i think in my opinion i've never seen anyone like him he's talented he's got uh, i mean endless cardio plus uh, he's done a lot of fights superhuman strength as well a superhuman strength as well and very very talented but unfortunately even after the kind of experience he's had he's not been able to find a good platform for himself so this was our way and because he's been training with us for 4 5 months this was a way of trying to give him some kind of segue into bigger things hopefully you know so sail bura is the main event uh let's let's talk about his mma record because he has an insane mma record i think it's like 50 60 fights yeah with like two or three losses that's it yeah so he has one of the best amateur mma record he also competed in the ima contenders series in which he um went till finals he lost I, in the finals i think he lost in the finals against, against uh, neeraj neeraj pangal who got the contract but i saw that fight and trust me he had two head kick knock knockdowns, knockdowns right? yeah. against neeraj so the fight could have gotten stopped at any point of time but they let it go on and he lost uh, because he got taken down so we have been working a lot of wrestling with him once again we have uh, had good emphasis on making these fighters take less damage and have a grappling heavy style where they can uh, uh take people down at will or at least defend the takedown so that they can play in their comfort zone so coming back to that topic rajiv uh, how have you structured training for them because you are the mma head coach over here so you have been taking a lot of uh mma classes with these guys so how did you structure your training for this specific fight camp like you said uh i'm always on for ground and pound I w- i'm always up for submission because i want these guys to fight for a long period of time 
So even though we do a lot of striking, we do follow a lot of systems, uh, we've been working at a lot of reactive and proactive takedowns, both offensively and defensively. Uh, even if somebody tries to shoot, uh, we've been learning to reverse the positions, get into a dominating position, and probably get a Dagestani or do some scrimmage before actually getting a TK or more importantly, a nice submission where 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 these guys have not taken much damage and they've got the result. They've got the W, you know? Right. So that has been quite, uh, we've been emphasizing both of us, in fact. Uh, we want to do that. But again, inside the cage, uh, and we've been uh, with them for about four to five months, to tell you honestly. So uh, in terms of, uh, let's say, uh, even Devik, he has his own game plan because he has been training a lot longer with other people than us. I don't know what will happen inside the cage. I'm hoping he sticks to the game plan because the opponent that he's fighting against is a good striker. Yeah. So unfortunately, we, unfortunately, this time we won't have uh, us as coaches because yes. we have so many other responsibilities yes. during this fight night. And that's where our fear is, to be honest. Uh, will these guys stick to the game plan when we are not coaching, when we are not in their ears telling them about yes. their game plan or sticking to the game plan? So that's uh, my take on how the fight can go with these mm. guys. But I think we have trained them well. I think we've trained them enough. Uh, whatever it is, I mean, uh, we just it's just the beginning of most of their journeys. Yeah. We'll be with them through thick and thin. And whatever the outcomes, I mean, we don't want to say we have a solid uh, game plan that's going to work all the time. But because we've studied the opponents a little bit, we are hoping in case of Devik, he takes the opponent down and does some ground and pound and hopefully get the win by a submission or a TKO. Nehanch has been with us since day one. So I think uh, Nehanch excels on the ground. We both know. Right. Uh, so hopefully he takes, uh, does his bit, gets a single or a double, takes people down, controls them, and gets a TKO, definitely a uh, good submission. submission yeah. yeah. Uh, for Nehanch, I think the key point will be to not get flushed, flustered because a first MMA fight yes. can be daunting, has to be daunting. You doesn't matter if you are the world champion when you first start for your in your amateur career and you're yes. going into a fist fight with a real person in the cage. It's not it's a scary prospect. So um, Nehansh, if he can get over that, once he starts feeling comfortable in uh, inside the cage, once the doors are locked, he'll be um, he'll he can really show people what he's capable of. And the also he also has. he has a great gas tank. Yeah. But again, you never know once the uh, cage doors are the locked, a lot of the everything. adrenaline is there. Your first time, you're nervous, people are watching you. So, I mean, fighters could hopefully relate with us. Uh, I've not, uh, we've not done MMA, but even the grappling things are enough, grappling competitions are enough to give us butterflies. I can only imagine the kind of uh, nerves they go through when they want to inside the cage and you know the other person is actually coming to kill you, you know? Right. So... Yeah, Nehan's game plan. Sahil, uh, we've, been, we've both been working hard with Sahil. Sahil already was an established MMA fighter, in my opinion. Uh, we just saw him as a mold, and we're just trying to take away small bits and pieces of his loopholes. Uh, he's worked a lot with him on his wrestling, a lot, lot of scrimmage, uh, because obviously we don't want to accept uh, if you bottom position. You've also witnessed that where between Makashev and... Volkanovsky. So we're working on that a lot. Uh, his striking was already good. What I've tried to do with my knowledge is basically structure it a little bit, calm himself down because he tries uh, tends to go absolutely berserk. 
He loves to fight. Yeah. And he has that energy where there's a switch that switches and he becomes a warrior, literally a warrior. So I always compare him to uh, Alex Pereira. Yeah. <laughs> he has a very similar style yes, where he has yes, just yes. one mode, which is the go mode. He's, a, he's got a go mode, yeah. It's difficult to wrestle or even do jiu-jitsu with him because it doesn't really matter what belt you are. He, he, brings, he brings the heat on every time, yeah? Right. So hopefully uh, Sahil is also fighting a seasoned uh, fighter. I think Rishab is also a great opponent and it, it is just a perfect match for this event. Uh, it's going to be an interesting bout. Uh, the fights that I've seen of Rishab is a top-heavy guy. He likes to trade punches. Hopefully Sahil doesn't enjoy that too much and start trading with him. You know, just like, uh, remember those MMA guys, they go to the center of the gate and say, let's go. It's uh, classic Justin Gagey, Justin <laughs> Dustin, Gage, Poirier, Dustin Poirier, or Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler, Robbie Lawler, yeah. all those guys. So Stand hopefully that doesn't back. happen because uh, I want these guys to be back on Monday, back on Monday morning and we start training camp. Yeah. Because we have Strangle to train to and we have other MMA events that will happen and other things uh, that will happen during the year. So, so yeah, these are the three fighters. Uh, so Raji, my question is, how can viewers watch this? Or if they are in Gurgaon, how can they come and watch the show? Oh yeah, if you, uh, Motoroma Fest, you don't want to miss it. Not just because of the fights that are happening. Uh, it's going to be a game changer when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to fun, when it comes to party. Uh, plus, uh, the icing on the cake is obviously the cage in the middle and uh, five bouts just placed for you. So if you've not bought your tickets already, PTM Insider, please go there, log on to Motoroma and get your tickets because they are selling fast. North India is generally starved for good events and this has come about and people are buying tickets really, really fast. So go there, check us out and uh, we'll be there. The Team Rebel will be there, Team Strangle will be there uh, and we'll be more than happy to welcome you guys. We'll also have a booth. Uh, so Piyush will be taking the MC duties whereas I'll be doing other stuff just to manage the event. So it's going to be interesting. So block your dates, March 18th. Uh, it's going to be fun. There'll be no fighting on March 18th, but we'll have a fantastic face-off that we've decided to have. Uh, March 19th, 7.30 p.m. onwards, we'll have the bouts. So you don't want to miss it. Uh, what about people online? How can they watch it? Will uh, we be streaming on, it on our page? Rebel? I think we should be, uh, like we discussed, I think we, we will yeah. be live on Rebel Radio. Uh, sorry, uh, Rebel, Rebel MMA, MMA yeah. India. So all the people who follow us, It'll be absolutely free for you. We'll try to stream it as uh, glitch-free as possible, depending on the kind of network, because it's a six-acre farmhouse that the event is taking care, uh, taking uh, taking place in. They're going to be dirt bikes. They're going to be vintage cars, Porsches, Ferraris, heavy bikes. There'll be merchandise, food. Obviously, we have a liquor partner on board, so it's going to be party all night. Plus MMA as a icing on the cake. So it's going to be a great fun. So if you want to watch, uh, we will be creating a link or you can just log on to our Insta handle, Rebel MMA India, and just view the matches live from there. Yeah, we will announce it beforehand when we are going about to go live, so you can watch it there. And even if you miss it, I think we'll have videos recorded from the fight. Yes, yes, Which yes. we'll put on later on our page or on our YouTube. So be on the lookout for that. Keep uh, watching our Instagram page, Rebel MMA India. Yes, uh, if you want to watch the fight and you're not in Gurgaon. Yes. But if you're in Gurgaon, please come by, show your support, say hello. We would love that. Absolutely. So, All right. So I think uh, that was Motoroma in a nutshell, uh, training regime. So a few things are coming up that are going to be absolutely a firecracker this Sunday. It's going to be the trilogy between two monsters again. One monster, one 
Okayish monster. Yeah. Who are you calling Okayish uh, monster? Lewis, obviously. Uh, you mean Edwards? Edwards. Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards. Oh, so wait. <laughs> Stop that. Okay. <laughs> so I always get the names wrong. Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Leon Usman. Leon Edwards. I was just trying to. He was just trying to correct my pronunciation before we came for the podcast. I was like Kamaru Eswa. Kamaru is like no, it's not Kamaru, bro. It's Kamaru. So obviously Kamaru Usman. I have my bets on you. I'm betting five hundred Indian rupees on you. So you better win. So yeah. So what are your thoughts of trilogy man it's crazy I okay so let's just uh, back up a little bit let's talk about a little bit about the first fight so i think the first fight happened around 10 years ago when they were both up and coming fighters and they both <clears throat> since then have gone went on the unbeaten streak where um, in that first fight kamaru uh, won against uh, our man edwards and then uh, they both went on in their career where they blasted through their opponents getting being undefeated unfortunately for edwards his career did not take him in the same direction as kamaru's did where kamaru went on to fight woodley and then win the title whereas uh, edwards kept on fighting uh, the lower rank guys and then got punished once for not fighting kamzat and then the covid situation happened and a lot of adversity which we uh, know now happened with him so <clears throat> it was a very uh, pivotal moment when finally the second fight happened for a title for edwards it was a long time coming um, rematch and we all know what happened in that rematch right it was crazy i mean no disrespect to our friend edwards because i think he's one of the greatest of all time obviously but uh, that fight all of us watched it four rounds we knew who's going to win i think first first round uh, edwards dominated with the back take if you remember <coughs> so the that first was, round was first his first round was his okay i'll give it to him <laughs> there was no damage so i'll give it to him but after that kamaru was like okay bro let's do some wrestling second third fourth round he got beaten up, beaten up. <laughs> even dc was like okay it'll be it'll be good to see this guy survive they were counting yeah. him out even everyone Joe. counted him out like even i was about to turn up the tv and a lot of people were actually did and they regretted it because just as uh, the round was ending i think it was 1 minute left i think seconds. so yeah it was just one and a half minutes something like that so <laughs> there comes that fake jab with the left high kick oh my god that knocked the daylights out of our friend kamaru so i think it was i think it was uh, one of the best or the biggest moments of uh, moments in uh, ufc history 100%. It was crazy. Everyone in the audience went, "Oh my god, what just happened?" It was definitely heard around the world because yes. moments like these are which uplift UFC into that mega stardom where everyone in the world is talking about it. Twitter yes. is going um Twitter is just going nuts about it. So definitely Edwards gave us that moment and he definitely deserves all the credit for it we can never be like oh it was a lucky kick or a lucky no, punch no of course not because it's a setup and that's what kicks and punches are designed to do like even if one connects properly you are out uh, like just like football i mean it's it's not over till it's over man it's an right. mma bout you could get uh, you could be losing all the five rounds five seconds in boom you knock the other person out and suddenly you you are the winner So that happened Edwards becomes the champion and then um, there is this long break where both of these fighters start preparing immediately for their third match um I would have loved for uh, 
Edwards to fight somebody else and just add more legitimacy to his title uh, by pe- beating people like Masvidal, by having maybe a fight with Kobe Covington, because these are really exciting fights for me um, that Edwards can be put against. Because the last fight, as you said, Kamaru was absolutely dominating him with his wrestling. Um, Edwards looked fa- looked faded near the end of the round, and that is never a good scene. Yes. And lightning can strike once, but twice, it's very, very difficult. It's, so It's, it's going to be something. But again, you were right. I think uh, uh, UFC was in a hurry to get a title fight because there's so much of animosity between these guys. There's so much of money to be made just by hyping yeah. this, you know, train. So Plus the UFC London was about to occur and yeah. Edwards is the superstar now in England. So I yes. think they tried to monetize it. So I think well. they have all these marketing geniuses planning things. But for don't them. you think... Um, Edwards versus Masvidal would have made a better storyline because of that 100%. three piece and a soda. Yeah, Two yeah. piece and a soda? What was that? I don't three piece and a soda. I don't remember uh, because I think, like you said, he the champion needs to be given a break. He just knocked the undisputed guy out, mm. and suddenly you get a rematch immediately. But that's what Osman's point is that I have been champion for so long that I deserve the respect of an immediate rematch. Um, and I think they have rematch clause or something if you're a champion for that long, where if you lose okay. the bout, you have to be given an immediate Maybe. rematch. But yeah, I think uh, for Edwards, uh, it's uh, if Edwards uh, Edward wins again, I mean, there is no denying uh, There's not going to be any other rematch after Edward After Kamaru that, yeah, it's done. it's 1-1 one, one, and now it will be 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one, and he will be the undisputed king yeah. of that division. You know, yeah. so, but I think Kamaru has been quite humble with his in his loss. I mean, I 100%. I saw his uh, interview with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. He accepted the fact that he made a mistake. But now I've seen a few <laughs> of his uh, statements. They are like, okay, I'm coming back for you. <laughs> I mean, your nights are... I mean, he's day, in the fight mode again. He's in the fight mode. Your days are numbered, blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting. I mean, the way these guys hype up uh, these fights are something to be, uh, I mean, studied, to be understood and hopefully replicate in other parts of By the, the world. By the way, on that note... I have the hardest time figuring out um, what Edwards says at time. Like oh, his yeah. accent combined with his uh, African or Caribbean, I think his father was Caribbean, Caribbean descent and the accent from there makes it super difficult for me to understand what he's saying at times. I saw his interview with Ariel Helwani right after the fight, uh, very one. And You're going was, through the subtitles, huh? Yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean, not subtitles, but it was very difficult to understand. Okay. Yeah, I mean, thank God he's not Irish or Scottish. Yeah. They're, they're even worse. I mean, <laughs> Conor McGregor, when he speaks, he's speaking in English. I mean, what the hell is he saying? It's the only thing. Plus English. It's fuck. Again, again, we have to be very careful because whenever we say anything about Conor, we oh, get yeah. so much hate on our podcast no, comments. I know. We love him, but yeah. I mean, whatever. Okay. Guys, get over Conor's. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, it just slated, uh, uh, slated for the coming weekend. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be watching it if I get that time because we will be in the midst of Motoroma, obviously. Yeah, and this is London timing, so it will probably be early morning over 2:30 here. 2.30 a.m., so I don't think so. I'm going to watch that. Probably mm-hmm. just switch off my social media uh, for a bit, then watch it in the morning. Till the whole night and yeah, watch it on Monday. watch it on Monday morning and let's see what happens. But there will be someone because there are so many people yeah. who are of MMA community around us that day. It will be one of our students <laughs> yeah. who's going to be sending us a Overly video. Overly excited person yeah. who will be just and walking to us and telling us, you know, what happened. Yeah, I'm going to kill that guy. <laughs> so I'm going to touch my phone. But let's see, it's going to be interesting. So I mean, uh, Another exciting fight, let's come to it. Um, 
Connor versus Chandler. Oh, that's going to be because exciting. Because they are coaches in the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, that's going to be exciting. I don't know because who you got in that one? Uh because Connor's striking is way better than Chandler, but Connor has been away. Is it still though because I don't we know. saw him I, against yeah, Justin Poirier and he looked pretty average. Yeah, and after that he's made millions and he looks like a big I mean, he looks like a different version of Conor McGregor yeah. about 20 to 30 pounds heavier. Exactly. So it's it's going to be interesting because uh this uh Chandler is is um uh, is a dynamo with uh, he's got nuclear energy of his bot or something he never ceases to <laughs> get tired and especially and he's wild he's wild he's wild i mean looping punches he's wrestling and he makes it interesting but again he also at, at a lot of times keeps his chin open you know and uh, conor mcgregor's left hand is still uh, something to be worried about because we've seen a lot of guys been put out greats like jose aldo you know i mean uh, uh, alvarez remember yeah those fights even justin uh, justin porio won justin porio yeah. yeah not justin justin <laughs> sorry okay yeah, you you see my problem <laughs> i don't have a lot of uh, justin and dustin are confusing i'll give you that and we you made this mistake even in one of our I earlier podcast i've called everyone <laughs> some stupid um, my apologies to all of you but anyway i'll still keep doing it and hopefully apologize again so yeah uh, so I think it's going to be interesting. Let's see what Conor has. Uh he's been boxing but he's a different person like you said. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching this uh breakdown that by the way guys shout out to um, our man Henry Saudo. Yes. He does brilliant breakdowns wow. of fights. He's Henry Saudo obviously. Even um okay, I'll talk about it in a bit but Henry Saudo when he was talking about uh, Conor McGregor's fighting post his boxing stint where he was he became a boxer for a bit preparing for Mayweather he says that he has learned a lot of bad habits for MMA from that fight where he's leaning to a side hmm. where he is uh, very heavy on his front foot uh, because uh, of his karate and boxing uh, reinforcing it so those bad habits will get punished and uh, will definitely get punished against a guy like Chandler who has as a said dynamite in his hands uh, that's where i am very uh, kind of skeptical about conor's chances other than that conor as you said is a technical striker he is a counter puncher that's what he has made his uh, whole uh, life and his whole story about counter punching and all his success comes from there so Chandler who is too wild, too aggressive, blows his load super fast. So it might be a problem going against a guy like Conor, but we never know what shape Conor gets in to this fight or yeah. if this fight even happens after TUF. So they say that the contract is signed, but I'll not see it until I see Conor inside the cage. Yes, that's true. I agree because Conor is way too big for UFC's own liking. you know so he yeah. can dictate his terms he's still one of the highest uh, pay per view athletes for UFC i mean you take on his name and everybody's uh, everybody still goes crazy he's not been fighting for such a long time now a uh, corner uh, yesterday came to ariel helwani show i think i need to watch that i haven't watched it which has mm-hmm. been like a long time coming so it will be definitely good to watch his interview mm-hmm. and see what his actual commitment and future plans looks like um let's talk the biggest news in the town in the MMA world which happened last week last last week yes. which was Mr John Jones yeah. the greatest of all time 
coming back and in what an emphatic fashion, right? Yeah, oh. I mean, we can put all the sound effects for him because John Jones, man, my God, a three-year hiatus, all the controversies around him. Uh, Serengano, the flavor of the season. He's been smashing a lot of people. John Jones comes in, grabs him, chokes him out. makes him look like an absolute white belt yeah i mean not just to amateur but people who've never fought inside the cage i mean if you have to make a comeback that is it you know hopefully yeah. uh this guy corner can do the same but corner has to rely on his skills and his skill is what is in question right now yeah that's true um let's talk about john jones for a bit so this guy he has had as i said a myriad of uh, controversies uh drug abuse beating up his wife um doing coke uh hitting a pregnant woman with his car what not like so many list of things that you would never expect from a role model so definitely he's not a role model figure but man what an mma athlete like what a talented once in a generation talent i think so just comes back and just butchers this guy who is considered to be one of the most technical strikers for who people are saying oh he's too big he's too technical uh let's see john jones kickbox against this guy and what does he do he just switches the game plan on its head goes immediately ducks under grabs this guy puts him to the ground and the next thing that we see is his uh, cyril gan tapping in the guillotine choke so that was amazing to watch even so many people did not believe why the why Sailgan is tapping so fast so they do not understand the mechanics of guillotine choke where you're when you are first of all pressed against the cage yes your john jones forearm is dug inside chiril's chin and on top of that this almost 300 pounds man now is applying downward pressure cranking on his neck into his forearm yes so what are you supposed to do i think the only person who was unhappy then was dc <laughs> <laughs> i mean dc has to let it go man you guys had this rivalry but now you're a commentator have you seen those memes where uh uh anik john anik john anik and joe rogan is like oh, and dc is like what <laughs> dc was definitely not happy for john dc jones. is very very biased bro anyway so john jones what a comeback uh i think it's going to be exciting to watch his journey from uh from here now you're on you know who does he fight though like i don't want him to fight anyone other than francis ngano at this point i don't know now the what who's fi- he's fighting uh he's going to fight uh stepe miocic miocic i but don't miocic know miocic is like 40 year old now and i don't think i don't think a, it is it is even a contest i think uh, yeah his wrestling is better so he won't get taken down as easy but again john jones has taken down olympians in dc he's taken down dc so yeah. who is miocic in front of him so i don't I, believe so i don't know i don't know i mean i don't know about anything about francis and gano now i he keeps he's become a twitter fighter he's so francis fight. actually said ki he is in talks with pfl or one championship so if he comes to one championship that'll be great to watch because again he'll be in asia and he'll be fighting in these uh yes one but, championship but we would cards. have loved to see this uh, rivalry but yeah that know? ufc fight was a uh, fight i mean one is great Other it's always we don't get like the best fights in the best time Like yes. we never got Khabib versus Ferguson when they both were in their prime to mm. s- speak mm. that of that. We never got um, to watch the undisputed baddest man on the planet in John Jones and Francis Ngannou, and we waited for so long. We waited Francis and we want we waited Jones to get to the heavyweight for a period of two years, and ultimately it never happened. 
some things are just not meant to be i guess <laughs> yeah spoken like a heartbroken person uh, yeah but again, <laughs> again let's hopefully these guys bury the hatchet ufc signs uh anganu back and we have this humongous match but i think it's going to do wonders for the the pbv also you know yeah so yeah john jones coming back a lot of things are happening ufc obviously uh notching it up every time uh sorry i'd bring this up my favorite fighter stevchenko lost but she's going to be back and kicking some ass but yeah, yeah. But what a performance on grasso oh my god she prepared as well as anyone can for that fight uh she was like in a matrix where she was one move ahead of shevchenko yes she was uh, defending the strikes and, and countering she, and she was countering really well and uh, at the same time she drilled that spinning back kicks counter mm. to taking the back and, and that back uh, back take was the fastest back take yeah. and the fastest submission i think i've seen in a uh mma setup so it was insane so congratulations to you but uh did it last we have fun because she is coming back for the belt but we never know last time we saw joanna jjjk yeah. i hope she doesn't retire <laughs> that is going to break my heart honestly when when she lost she just went on in this spiral of losing 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 yeah, and just and really happened and yeah. she basically got got her out of ufc so this new generation fighter who are coming out of especially mexico they are great they're great i think they are what a what a fighter is i mean she proved i mean i was sad that shevchenko lost but she lost to someone i think slightly better than her in this particular especially on that night on that night yes okay so that was ufc for you but again we have a small trivia for you guys which involves my favorite topic steroids <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah i mean usada finally said we've had enough of your bullshit so they just banned three or four athletes uh for 3 three years so uh, athletes 3 athletes who are there two of one um, two of them being uh, big names one is cyborg roberto abru cyborg and the second one is wagner rocha both of them are uh, very close friends roberto and wagner used to train the same team now we know sports. why <laughs> <laughs> and wagner now has his own team wagner rocha martial arts but both of them are buddies and they both failed the drug test i think cyborg just ran from his drug test uh post I believe him. he always runs from a good fight <laughs> post the where is this <laughs> <laughs> that was for cyborg <laughs> <laughs> so cyborg and wagner rocha again it was pretty much expected if anyone was to get busted for drugs it would be cyborg should we come back to it yes we'll All be back right. in a short while all right we're back with the next seg- segment of rebel radio piyush what's happening people are talking about feeder fighters and some people are actually pointing fingers indian fighters being just taken abroad to be used as bait or as a uh, stepping stone stepping stone for bigger fighters let's talk about that yeah i see this and we have observed this together and i think rest of the community also does but nobody talks about it so it's like cool that we are bringing it up um that a lot of indian fighters who are not technically at the highest level uh yet they are getting getting used as a stepping stone for the more uh, dominant or the more advanced fighters let's say be it one championship be it a bigger organization like brave um, like brave and other places brave is still uh, technically not that huge among or uh, pfl people, but pfl you can say that 
So all these organizations are taking in Indian fighters, not at the highest level, and um, they are just getting murked over there. So again, we are not beating down on the Indian fighters, but we are beating down on this strategy of these bigger promotions where uh, they accept, they want their main talent to uh, look good, basically. Look good. And that's why they are getting people from Indian subcontinents, just not the Indian fighters. It's also some Pakistani fighters, also some uh, fighters from, let's say, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, or any other part of the world where uh, they are not super uh, established or they are not super technical, but they are getting used. And that's where I see a problem because to, first of all, get dominated, it makes the whole MMA community uh, kind of look nefarious, kind of look uneducated in the eye of the global community. Um, also, I don't know, I just don't feel it sits right with us who are trying to like help build the community to a much more respectable and reputable stage yes. to have our fighters be used and abused in those platforms. You're absolutely right. I mean, we cannot be used as stepping stones for the big promotions, you know. Because it makes the entire community community look bad. And some of the fighters going uh, and fighting in these promotions are not the cream of the cream. We have way better fighters. Not to take away anything from them. You know, but uh, they've not been training. Some of them were partially retired. Some people, we don't know who they are. We don't right. know their records, you know. So they're just being f uh, fed to these monsters just waiting to feel good about themselves, look good, get their... A pro record up and probably get a bigger uh, promotion to sign them or what not, you know. Yeah. So the Indian community or the MMA fighters in the Indian community, we cannot be celebrating this. We need to be standing together and saying, bro, you're going to one of the biggest platforms in the country. Let's have a league to find out that best fighter. Right. Yeah, let's find, let's, and if he or she goes out and gets smashed, then we need to come back to a drawing board and say, okay, we are still uh, two, three years away from where we need to be. Let's work. But by send, uh, sending in, in uh, an average fighter to prematurely a, bigger, prematurely to a, to bigger, a fight. bigger fight promotion and making the entire Indian community... And celebrating M that. Yeah. That's my biggest gripe as well. Do I not mean, celebrate it, at least. Do not celebrate it. I mean, uh, we love mediocrity in this country. So uh, this takes away... Uh, a lot of stuff from the fighters who are putting in their days and nights just trying to be a better fighter. It doesn't have to be from anywhere. I mean, it's Team India versus the world then. It, he, he's not representing any gym or any part of the country. He's representing the country. He's carrying the Indian flag. He's not carrying a gym flag or he's not carrying the flag of his state. Right. Yeah, so he's carrying the bigger banner that's some other banner right there. So why can't we have a system where we choose the best fighter to repre represent the country outside. 100%. Yeah, and uh, for unfortunately, uh, some of our media also buy buy onto this bullshit and feed this bullshit. You yeah, know, they're very they're very biased. I would say in those biased and where they are not calling non-opinionated, bro. Yeah, I mean, you have to have an opinion as a media house, right? I mean, you cannot just post facts. That then you become a you become a free ads kind of thing. You're posting shit. Yeah. As a media house, our responsibility is to, I mean... I mean, you can be neutral, but you you do not also have to push mediocrity, as I said. Yeah, as I, I mean, I mean how is that a media thing. house? Let's, yeah. let's all get together, my friends. I mean, this has to stop. Our Indian fighters, our 
brothers and sisters who work so hard cannot be just put in the lion's den when they are still a cub. We need to find uh, our own lions and there are plenty of them. There are plenty of them. There are plenty of talent in this beautiful country. Let's pick Many them up. Well-deserving people well-deserving who can people. be representing on that yes. stage. So. And uh, again, this brings us to this nonsensical topic. We are this little country with a handful of uh, MMA and grappling fighters and we are so busy fighting against each other. You know, because, okay, right. this promotion is better. We will not go to that promotion because th- those guys are idiots. We will not go to that because they don't do this or that. You know, so there are factions within factions now. So what this, what this does to the Indian community of MMA fighters or jiu-jitsu athletes makes us look like fools outside. So I think uh, the media houses, I would like to request you guys to talk about these things. You have a greater following than Rebel Radio. You've been around for a long, long time. So at least take this onus on you and say, we are not happy. We do not support this. You know, so, I mean, that's my gripe against everything else because I think we are a great nation of great fighters. Yeah, I would totally agree with you there that you have to send more well-deserving articles. Sometimes it's like, I don't, I've never heard about this fighter and they go to one championship and they get smashed and then the media houses are publishing like, Oh, but we are so proud of this guy to represent India at the highest level. No, you, we are not. We have much better talent who deserves to be in that spot and represent India much more better. That's that's what that's the point that we are trying to drive home. So do not celebrate mediocrity, as you said. Um, we have much better representation. We have seen in form of Anshul Jubilee what we can bring to the table at the world stage. And there are so many fighters who are training day in and day out in different gyms, different academies. Some of them are now even going outside, training in places like Bali. They are training in um, Thailand. So they are going to good coaches, better places, and they are upping their skill. Versus some people who don't even know jujitsu, don't even uh, bother to learn the ground game. They are just, uh, let's say, a wushu fighter. And then they try to go and uh, fight in a MMA fight in one championship and then they get destroyed in the first round by rear naked choke like a white belt. So we should not be uh, encouraging that too much and uh, especially we should not be sponsoring that too much because that's another thing that I see. Sponsor this guy, sponsor that guy. Yeah, it's cool, but what are your accolades? Yes. What have you achieved other than winning these random fight nights, these random events um, of the lowest level in the country which nobody gives a damn about? Right, no, but no, to tell you honestly, we have events like the MFN now. You see the developed yes. fighters over there, pick someone from there, yeah. you know, pick someone from there to represent the country. Because, uh, in the last 10 years, what they've uh, in the last uh, whatever years MFN has been around for, they have just upped their game all the time. Obviously, we have some we had some issues with them, but what they've done for the MMA uh, community is I mean, un- the issues that we uh, put up were very trivial, like just okay. correct the maths and yeah, things yeah. like that, which is very basic. What, what they've done for that. the Indian community is given people hope. Yeah. They've given people, uh, they've given people the right to something dream. Something to prepare for. for. Something to prepare for. They're like, okay, but today look at Angad. Yeah. He is, I mean, I've seen that kid for a long time. Today he is living a life of a great fighter. He's a superstar in Uttarakhand. Yeah, look at Sanjeet. Sanjeet is one of the mega stars of MFN. Look at uh, Anshul Jubli. He was MFN's child. I mean, the biggest platform for him to fight in the country was MFN. Yeah. We also uh, look like uh, people, uh, other upcoming people, 
that are doing so well in the Indian MMA community. So, friends, fight record will give you so much more legitimacy yeah, than yeah, other places. Will. Other places. So do not do that. So, I mean, when we have a good promotion that has set the bars really, really high, for people to act, at least look up to pick fighters from there. So especially when you're trying to promote the Indian MMA scene. If you're calling yourself that I'm from Uttarakhand and I represent an F, uh, XYZ, XYZ gym or Nagaland or Tripura, anywhere, that makes sense. It's your prerogative to take it, but you are carrying our national flag. So that is that doesn't sit well with both of us, to tell you honestly. And a lot of other people's people as well. Mm, yeah. It's just that they cannot voice um, mm. their opinions on a platform like this, which we are grateful for. So, yeah, that was one piece of... Uh, our mind, which we wanted to share with you. Hmm. Uh, moving on, let's uh, talk something about jujitsu. Yes. So we had this bombshell of a news. Well, not too bombshell because we were expecting it to happen one day or yes, the other. Yes, yes, yes. Where is it? Where is it? Where this is one. It? Yeah. Yes. Boom. This one. <laughs> okay. So um, Cyborg and Wagner Rocha, they got busted for drug abuse or basically steroid abuse. Uh, by USADA because they competed in IBJJF and in IBJJF you win if you win the title uh, um, they force you to take a drug test and if you do not show up for the drug test or if you fail at the drug test you get banned so these guys have been served three years of ban from IBJJF competition and now they cannot compete so what are your thoughts on that Rajiv? I've always thought steroid steroid use uh, uh, in MMA or any other athlete is uh, amounts to cheating because obviously we've talked about it this, this in the earlier podcast recovery time. I mean Wagner Rocha is uh, almost forty years old. Even uh, Cyborg. Cyborg is almost forty years old. I can understand they would they would they would probably want to perform better in the bedroom or something, you know. <laughs> but uh, to bring it to the match where other people are training legitimately and winning matches and calling yourself legends uh, that doesn't sit well with me again. So I think it is a great ban by USADA. This will probably clean some shit uh, off the mats. But again, having said that, if you're, there are we have tons of athletes who are not fighting under the IBJJF banner and just, uh, you know, uh, what, what is that word? Just hoodwinking. These flying stresses. under the radar. Yeah, flying under the radar. There's so many. Uh, but again, that's a debate for another uh, uh, day. I have, I, have a, I have a secret news to share with you on the same topic. What is it? Um, there is this young athlete. So what happens is if you uh, contest a decision, decision by USADA saying that, oh, my samples were not correct or if you uh, you are not happy with the decision and you contest it against them, they will not reveal your name for at least a season till the result comes out. So basically there have been whispers that there is this young athlete and in that during that time you are not allowed to compete in any of the IBJJF mm. competition. So this young athlete who is a first place winner at the Worlds um, has gotten flagged by USADA for his uh, uh, steroid abuse and they haven't put the name out yet. But a lot of people suspect it oh, to be... I hope it is not what I... Who I Mika Galvao. A lot of people in Reddit, they were doing the deduction... And they were like, yeah, Mika is the guy who hasn't competed since Worlds. He did not compete in the uh, Euros. He did not compete in the Pan Ams. So basically, he's the one young guy who won that um, division. 
or one in uh, the worlds who is now getting flagged. So I think you don't need to do a test. And he's so young. He's like 18 years old. Look at his physique. Yeah. There are certain things I've been lifting for 20 years. Okay. I mean, the amount of muscle fiber Mika Galvao has in his legs and hands, I've not been able to achieve it. And he's been looking like that since 15 years of age. 15 years of age. I hope it is untrue because he (laughs) is one of my favorite fighters. Yeah, I, mean, I think you will definitely lose faith in him after this. Yeah, I will kind of lose faith because obviously <laughs> he cannot go down as one of the greatest uh, uh, names from Brazil. But you know, people forget that because Felipe Pena also got caught uh, for steroids. Mm-hmm. Then he comes back, wins the worlds, and then people just forget that okay, he got flagged. Maybe like that was yesterday. Maybe today people are way more com- because there's so much of content everywhere. People right. are talking about jiu-jitsu as if. Jiu-Jitsu is the biggest thing in the community, at least within the community, you know. But then at the same time in Jiu-Jitsu, people don't care about steroids. That's, That's also uh, the facet of it where people yes. are super comfortable with ADCC not doing any kind of drug test. Yes. And that's why um, we see those freaks in ADCC. They have, yeah. their biceps have biceps. They welcome freaks. They welcome freaks, I know. So I th- I don't know. I mean, this is a debate that we both can go on forever and ever. But yeah, th- those are news, guys. Yeah, I mean, but definitely th- disappointing. The Mika the, news. The Mika news is very disappointing to me because after the Rutula brothers, anyone who's given uh, any kind of challenge to Tainan was Mika. Yeah. So Tainan, I always don't like establishment. So somebody shaking the establishment is always fun to watch because that, in a way, grows whatever we love so much. You know, like if you don't have an opposition in a government, I mean, the government does whatever it pleases. Yeah, so when you have a great opposition, there is some kind of balance. So Mika was that balance against the AOG team for me and also against the Rutolos. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, having said that, yeah, I think it is what it is. I think we should concentrate on Indian Jiu-Jitsu and Indian MMA because we are still uh, far away from where these guys are trading right now in terms of uh, visibility, money, and the star power, right? What do you say? 100%. We, um, we have miles to go. Till we reach that level, but one thing is that we don't keep, we don't want to quit trying. Of course, percent. Yeah, I think we believe in all the MMA athletes from the country. You guys are some of the hard, most hardworking people that I know, because uh, most of you come from come from adversity. In India, doesn't a uh, rich guy doesn't say, "Okay, I'm going to do MMA," except barring a few. It's always those people who have big dreams, but very little means, who push themselves to the limits in a sport that is designed to be so brutal, so uh, unforgiving sometimes, you know? I mean, uh, your career could be out in one night. And you know it's, it could happen to you. It is not a freak accident like uh, you were running in a football and somebody just slid his, uh, you know, slid under, underneath you and there was a freak accident and your ACL got torn. People are coming to break your ACL. People They're are coming, coming to, to bust your face, knock, your head, out knock your head out, give you a concussion. So I think it's a great tribute to our friends and our brothers and sisters in this community, so we are so proud of you guys. But again, having said that, we're still Rebel Radio. We'll be back with more episodes. We want to keep it uh, as real as we can be, even if you don't like it. Uh, So if you like us, uh, do subscribe to our channel and also uh, ring the bell icon. So next time we post an episode or some trivia, you guys are notified. Uh, We also have uh, Rebel Radio on all the streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, and also Google Podcast, so please check us out there. We want to improve. We want to be a small catalyst in bringing about some change in the Indian MMA and grappling community or the combat community. Help us out by commenting on our page, telling us what to do next, what you believe should be the next topic for us. 
because we'll be more than happy to do that. Also, please, we'd like to invite some guests to our podcast and discuss things and have a different perspective because BH and me, we have a certain way of thinking. You may have a different way and probably that could shed more light towards bringing about a change in the community that is the Indian MMA and the grappling community. So that was Rebel Radio once again. It's Like always, it's still me, Rajiv and Piyush on India's number one podcast channel, which I can proudly say. So until next time, this is me signing off. Peace out, guys. Peace out. So, so. See you at Motorama Fest, 18th and 19th. Boom. <laughs>